This episode of Monocycle is brought to you by Quip. Most of us brush our teeth wrong because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. It's a new electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes, etc., etc., packs premium vibrations for a perfect two-minute clean, and it has guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides because apparently that's a thing. They'll deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule, which is every three months, and that's for just $5. Although Quip starts at just $25, you can go to quip.com slash manrepeller right now, and you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash manrepeller. Welcome back to Monocycle, a podcast by Man Repeller hosted by me, Leandra Medine, and Cohen. Or should I say Leandra, me, Dean, and Cohen. This episode of Monocycle is actually about a topic that I wanted to cover during Duality Month, which was May 2018 on Man Repeller, because it opens with an anecdote about this interesting occurrence that happened to me about six years ago that I never placed much emphasis on, but that has been impacting me, but that I've been thinking about a little bit lately. So I'm just going to go into the story. And the reason it was for Duality Month is because we were talking about different roads that you could have taken, either the road less traveled or your sliding doors moment. I don't know if you remember that Gwyneth Paltrow movie, Sliding Doors, wherein we live through two scenarios of her life, one where she catches a train and goes home to find her husband cheating on her, and one where she misses the train and never finds out that her husband is having an affair. Anyway, I was sitting outside of a coffee shop on the Upper East Side about six years ago with one of my best friends. Her name is Ariel. And I had just started Man Repeller. It couldn't have been more than like five or six months old. And at the same time, I was talking to AB about us getting back together. You must be so sick of hearing how us getting back together somehow finds its way into every single one of my stories. But anyway... We're sitting there and I'm drinking my iced coffee and she's drinking hers and we're talking about life and careers and we're about to graduate and I'm talking about what kind of job I want to get and she's talking about what kind of job she wants to get and all of a sudden this fortune teller comes over and she stands in front of Ariel and me and she starts gasping and I look at her and I'm like hello and she goes (gasps) and now she's smiling really big and bright almost like beaming. And she looks at me and says, I see big things for your future, a big, bright future. I am a clairvoyant and I just know that really exciting things are headed your way. I am so excited for you. And on the one hand, it freaked the shit out of me because why would she just stop and choose me as not necessarily the victim, but the uh, lucky receiver of such a compliment because you know if you think about it if you go over to anyone on the street and say I'm a clairvoyant and I see huge big exciting things for your future they're going to feel compelled to believe you whether or not you mean it or actually are a clairvoyant because who doesn't want to hear that right but anyway so she said this to me and I naturally felt quite excited so she walked away I'm sitting with Ariel and then you know cut to six years later I'm talking to one of our editors about Duality Month and about the kind of essays that we could be running that month. 
And Amelia asks, have you ever been in a scenario where you feel like you had a sliding doors moment? And then I thought about it and said, did that fortune teller six years ago give me the fearlessness to chase my dreams? Because here I was sitting and having a conversation with Ariel about the job that I wanted to compete for for the following year. Two months later, I was going to start interviewing for different jobs, even though Man Repeller, by all accounts, was starting to perform and do well. But again, it was the year 2010. Who the hell knew what that would mean? Could anyone actually live on a blog? Could that have been my full-time business? And then after that day, for whatever reason, and I'm not quite sure how I never linked one to the other, I just started going for it. I said, no, this is the thing that I'm going to do full time. Why wouldn't I do this full time? I have what it takes. I love what I do. I'm excited about it. It is quote unquote performing. And you know, if I try really hard, I can probably push myself to believe that every time I thought I was about to fail, I stopped myself in my tracks and I said, well, no, it's impossible that I'm going to fail. The fortune teller said that I have really great, huge, big things coming my way, that I'm going to be a big star. She did say that. She said that I was going to see my name in lights. I guess Broadway was not the way I would see my name in lights, but we do have a neon sign in the office. Now, the thing I'm not saying, but what you might be thinking, is that this is all a byproduct of something else, my needing external validation. So this is actually what the episode is about. I've been thinking a lot about external validation over the past few months, particularly since I started my maternity leave, particularly because of the extent to which I felt I needed to share myself in order to be engaged. Like I was part of a conversation that is bigger than me, that exists independent of what's happening in the small cocoon that is my home, where just me and my daughters exist. It feels different when I'm not on leave because when I'm at work, what I'm doing feels bigger than me. Like I'm working towards something that's going to succeed both because and in spite of me. I'm not really sure how else to put it, but I've been back at work now for about a month and it is really unique to track how differently I felt before I was at work. You know, I'd post a photo to Instagram and a lot of my posting of photos was really a cry for attention and I would say it in the captions, like all I wanted was some adult interaction and I was willing to take that interaction in whatever form it would come. And often the form that it came in was, get the fuck off your phone, go be with your daughters, aren't you on maternity leave, why are you dressed up, yada yada yada. And these comments would really get to me. And I thought that the audience of Leandra M. Cohen was potentially becoming a little bit more uh, malicious than previously it had been. But in fact, what was happening is that I was just placing a lot more emphasis on these comments. I'm always someone who goes through my comments because I'm a big fan of constructive criticism and feedback. I mean, when you think about the way that a community works, there's no such thing as, you know, one megaphone that's just disseminating all of this information, but not necessarily taking the feedback that results in response to the information. And I guess I just felt like for whatever reason, while I was on maternity leave, the reactions to me were a lot more negative than I was used to. But now that I'm back at work and I'm, you know, still obviously looking at all of the comments that are rendered as a result of my postings, what I'm finding is that the negative comments are still there, probably 
at the same volume that they were there previous to my maternity leave, it just doesn't bother me as much now because I feel like, uh, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a shithead, but I feel like I'm important again. And that's not to minimize who I was when I was exclusively on maternity leave and only with my children, because my gosh, being a stay-at-home mother, it's almost easier to work. And maybe that's a controversial thing to say, but uh, I don't know. Going back to work has been really important for me. It's really stimulated me in a way that I was not stimulated prior to having children. It has excited the hell out of me. Somehow now work doesn't feel like a given. It feels like a privilege, which is such a unique way to address your work, which is such a unique way to address your job. I actually encourage you to try pulling yourself into that, that mind frame, is doing this job that I like is a privilege as opposed to a thing I need to do in order to pay the bills. Of course, you have to actually like the work that you're doing and feel excited and invigorated by it, but if you are at least peripherally within an industry that you'd like to be working in, that in and of itself is kind of a privilege, right? At any rate, the point that I was trying to make or the point that I'm getting at is that my conversation with that clairvoyant was an interesting tell about the way that I talk to myself and my hankering for validation from things outside of myself. Of course a random woman on the corner of a block on the Upper East Side can't dictate whether I'm going to succeed or fail. She can't even know how I process the definition of those two words. But we can really manipulate ourselves into believing that we are whatever we want or don't want to be. And that's an important distinction to make because we can also manipulate ourselves to believe the worst about ourselves. Unfortunately what I find is that we rarely give ourselves enough power to actually absorb some of it. But as part of my post-maternity leave reawakening, I'm going to try to absorb that. I'm just going to pretend, for all intents and purposes, that I am only what my mind tells me I am. And that's a good thing sometimes, and a really shitty thing other times. But maybe if I focus on the good, and try not to think much about the shitty, all the work that comes out of it, both at home and in the office, is going to actually make the kind of change that I want it to. Does any of that make sense? Because I'm not completely sure. Let me know down below. Love you so much. Talk to you next week. Hit me up if you have any questions. Criticize me if you need to. Signing off, your pal, Leandra Medinstein.